All right, joining me now, he is from NFL Network and the host of the NFL Red Zone channel. Every touchdown from every game, everyone knows him. It is Scott Hansen. Scott, thanks for taking the time. How are you? All right, good to be back with you again, man. It's starting to feel like football season when you and I start talking here now, even though we've got a couple months to go. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. And I feel like everyone who's watching this right now, as soon as they see your face, they just feel football right now. It's like, oh, my God, it, it's on the way. And we're still like 90 plus days away, but we just feel it as soon as we see Scott Anson. So I want to jump right into it because I'm always someone who likes to be fascinated by the behind the scenes and how everything happens, and how everything unfolds. And NFL Red Zone, there's a lot that goes on and you are tremendous at it. Your attention to detail is incredible. You have a great staff around you. But I want to go back to the beginning. Before NFL Red Zone was even a thing, you were at NFL Network already. You, you yes. were a reporter, you were a host. And then it happened, but how did you become the guy who is going to be doing every touchdown from every game every Sunday? Was there an audition? How did it become you? There was an audition, and the, the way it really happened was I went after it. So I was a, a roving reporter for NFL Network for two, three seasons prior to NFL Red Zone ever being formed. So I, they'd fly me around to go to this game, that game, this practice, that practice, this news conference. Like you, you watch NFL Network all the time and you see all of our great reporters in the field. But I'd be the guy at or, you know, I'd be the, the reporter who'd be at Gillette Stadium. And they flew me to Foxborough to watch the Patriots and the Jets game. Right. So I've got the game going on right in front of me live, but I'd have my laptop open and I'd be elbowing the reporter to my left and to my right saying, hey, 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 Adrian Peterson's got 100 yards at the half. Uh, uh, did you see what Tony Romo and, and Terrell Owens are doing in Dallas right now? Like I'd be watching all the other uh, either either box scores or live video if I could get it from all the other games as I had a live game going on in front of me. So I was always a multitasker and always fascinated with not just one game, but the entire 10,000 foot view of the NFL. Well, three seasons into doing that, I had heard a rumor through in, at the network that we were starting NFL Red Zone with the concept and all of this. And I called up the talent coordinator uh, at the time. He's no longer there, but Jamie Heeman was the talent coordinator. I called him up and said, Jamie, is it true that we're starting this NFL Red Zone this, this season? This was like in May or June of, mm -hmm. of 2009. Jamie goes, yeah, yeah, we're, you know, we're, yeah, we're going to be starting it. I said, who you got to host it? He says, well, yeah, we're looking at a few different people. I said, is my name on the list? <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah, your name is on the list. I said, okay, let's make this happen. So they had, they, they had a, a short list of candidates that they brought in for an audition. Now, for those who don't know, a typical television audition lasts 10, 15 minutes. They put you up on the set and, you know, they want to see how you look, how you sound. You've already got your resume real that they could see your previous work, but they just want to see how you, how they look, how you look on their set. Um, you know, can you do some crosstalk with the other anchors or the analysts and whatnot, just to see how you handle yourself. But because NFL Red Zone is such a unique show, one of the things they needed to, to see was ad-libbing skills and stamina. So the way they did the audition was they queued up eight different 
games from a random week the season prior they queued them all up to the kickoff and then they hit play on eight different machines simultaneously (laughs) and had a wall of monitors in front of me and said talk (laughs) and we did that for it was about five hours we went through a whole early set of games and then we started the second set of games I literally, I'm doing my best, but you know, they're not live games going on. So it's not like I had a researcher and a spotter to help me out, identify things or to get updated stats. You couldn't just Google it at the time because it wasn't live. It wasn't going on. So I was sweating. I remember sweating. I flop sweated through the suit that I was wearing. And I'm like, I'm thinking, can these people see how bad I'm sweating right now? (laughs) Like trying to keep up with everything, keep my energy up, make sure I don't make any factual errors. We go on for five hours. At the end of it, I was like, well, I either just got the job or I just damaged my career terribly in front of all the executives at NFL Network. About, and then about two, three weeks later, training camps were just opening up. And I was in, I was in San Antonio, which the, the Cowboys used to do some small training sessions in San Antonio just yeah. to you know, diversify their, their fandom across Texas as if they needed that. But I was in San Antonio in a hotel room, getting ready to go to a Cowboys practice. And they called me up, uh, Eric Weinberger, the executive producer at NFL network at the time called me up and said, uh, Scott, want to offer you the hosting role of NFL Red Zone. I'm like, that's awesome. And, and I said, so so you watch the five hour audition. He goes, Scott, I watched the first 15 minutes of it. And I knew you were my guy. And, and I said, I remember saying, oh, Eric, that's great, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. But I remember thinking in my head, then why in the, did you have me do five hours to think that I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself in front of all my colleagues and stuff, but all's well that ends well. And, and sorry, that's the long version of, of how I became the uh, distributor of touchdowns for NFL Sundays. So a five-hour audition to watch 15 minutes has become over 13, 13 seasons, right, of NFL Red Zone so yes. far. Is that where we're at? 13 going, going into, into 14. Going into season 14. Which is incredible. I don't know how time flies that fast. Yeah. unreal. Yeah. But, you know, I got to ask you this. When you started, right, you're talking about doing five hours and how crazy it is. You've done over 200 shows now. During that early, early portion, the first year or two, and you're doing this, no commercials, touchdown after touchdown. You have producers, you have directors in your ear. Did you ever feel like it's too stressful, too much? I might not be able to do this. Did you ever have that feeling? Because there's so much to digest. I was, I don't get nervous a lot on, on television anymore, uh, unless I'm, I feel unprepared. And on Red Zone, I make sure I'm never underprepared. I yeah. overprepare for everything, yeah. or at least I try to. That first show, I remember thinking this, Scott, this is going to be a huge success. You knew. Don't mess it up. Meaning, whatever I said on that first original on-camera episode, or uh, the first episode, the first on-camera, when I said, welcome to the brand new channel, NFL Red Zone, every touchdown from every game, you know, and, and I remember thinking, Every 10 years or so, ESPN will do a Sports Center retrospective, and they always play the first clip of what was it, George Legrand and 
I, I, the other anchor is escaping me. They're not like the famous, the most famous names yeah. that you, you are familiar with, but it was the first ever sports center when they first came on the first ever show. I remember thinking, Scott, whatever you say right now is going to be that because this is going to be a galactic hit. And thankfully I made it through that first on camera and, uh, the, the rest is history because heck, um, my bosses came in within the first episode or a few seasons, we were getting all sorts of social media buzz and the reaction from fans and from media members who are hard to please sometimes like yeah. sports, sports media critics are hard to please. They were all like, this is the greatest invention we've seen in football in a while. And uh, I'm very thankful and blessed that that's turned out to be the case. Yeah, but you mentioned how much you prepare, and we spoke about that the last time you were on. Yeah. You are all week doing everything. You have this big binder, I think you mentioned, and you basically go through everything thanks to the NFL research department. What I didn't get to ask you is, what is your Sunday like? Because people have to remember, you're on the West Coast, so game starting at 10 by you. What is your Sunday like? And I don't want to bring up the bathroom thing, but I know you also don't drink water. I heard that on Sunday. So I guess what is your Sunday when that happens before the show? Okay. If you don't mind, I'll back up to, to Saturday night. All right. Let's go there. I, and really my whole, my whole fall is geared towards, towards red zone every day, virtually every hour of every day during the season, I'm kind of counting down the time and saying, okay, it was Tuesday today. Did I get this done? You know, my research packet usually arrives on Tuesday night from our amazing NFL media research staff. Uh, Wednesday, I start putting together my own spreadsheets, quarterbacks, kickers, turnovers, defensive stats, uh, you know, you name it. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, open locker room where you, you get all the sound bites and is like, did anyone say anything that could become a storyline or a controversy or a humorous anecdote or something like that that I need to know going into Sunday? You know, Thursday, Friday, polishing up those things. Saturday, it can be, I'm talking to you from Los Angeles, it can be 80 and sunny out at the beach here in LA. My buddies are all playing beach volleyball and stuff. And I'm like, guys, nope, I am locked in. I am locked in and I go through everything for the entire day. I mean, not to be gross, but there are Saturdays where I end up don't taking a shower because I'm just so pouring into my notes, my laptop. I have, uh, for the folks who are watching this, not listening to this, I have a media wall over here. I don't know if you can see that, yeah, but nice. that's five big screen TVs. I put the best five uh, college football games on. And I'm, I'm grinding on the college football and then I'm, I'm, you know, diving into my notes. So Saturday night to get to Sunday here, Saturday night, I try to go to bed 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And I'm usually pretty good at laying down at that time, but my brain is so wired, Ari, I can't sleep. So when you see me do red zone, that's seven hours energetic you know, expulsion of all that energy and whatnot. I'm usually doing that on two, three hours sleep. If, if I get four or five hours on Saturday night, that is a good night for me sleeping. It's just something I cannot, I have not been able to get a good handle on. So the alarm clock is set for 5 a.m. on Sunday. I, I'm like this. I'm like looking at my nightstand <laughs> where my clock is going like, Okay, it's 4.45. I know it's 15 minutes. I'm not going to fall asleep. Like, 
I hardly ever have to have the alarm clock go off, but it is set for 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Uh, I don't drink coffee, which people are surprised by. People think I yeah. take nine espresso shots. I don't, I don't, I don't touch coffee. I need a shower in the morning to get me going and I'm ready. Boom. Let's rock. Uh, head into the studio a little after 6 a.m. I like to be the first one in the studio. Get in there. The, the chefs at NFL Media at NFL Los Angeles headquarters, they make, make me the same breakfast every single Sunday, fall, fall Sunday morning. And it's ready at 6.45 a.m. on the minute. And they know how I am. I'm literally walking into the door at the cafeteria at NFL Network. 6.45, they hand me my, my bag of food. It's scrambled egg whites, uh, turkey burger patty, no bun, no cheese, uh, mixed fruit, a, uh, usually a big muffin, either cornbread muffin or a blueberry muffin. If I like to get, you know, kind of filled up because I don't eat for another almost 12 hours. Uh, and then the secret ingredient, a side dish of Kalamata olives, right. the, you know, the purplish bluish yeah. olives, super salty, help me retain water. I'll usually have like a, a, a diet soda to get me a little bit of caffeine and I stir the carbonation out of the out of the soda so that I don't feel any, you know, like not to be gross, but like don't feel like I ever got a burp or anything like that. Stir the carbonation vigorously. People see me do that sometimes and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then that's at 6:45 a.m. I'm usually done with breakfast, 20 minutes, half hour. I eat pretty quick. And I cut off all liquids, all foods, nothing else in my body until Sunday night football when I'm back there on my couch watching my screens for Sunday night football. Uh, we have a production meeting that goes on at uh, 8 a.m., two hours before the show. We all get together. We had to do it on Zoom for the COVID years, but we were able to meet again this last season. Uh, Alan Flowers, our coordinating producer, runs the meeting. Uh, Brian Nettles. Uh, we'll run through like the early window of games. McEnroe Francis, one of our other producers, will run through the late games. And we, we rock and roll. We, we talk about every scenario that we can possibly think of going into that game. Hey, there's a statistical milestone. Someone might score his 100th touchdown or uh, Tom Brady needs this to pass so-and-so for this record. Or, hey, everybody, we, we saw what so-and-so said about this defense, you know they're going to try and pop him today. If they get a big hit on him, like sell that. Let's get it to our audience. I'll tell the story about what he said in the locker room on Wednesday. And, oh, here's what happens there. We talk about every scenario that could possibly come up. And then we, you know, basically give you like a team, give each other high fives. Let's go. And we all get to our individual positions. And then, then the last thing I'll tell you is this, because it is true I do not go to the bathroom for the entire seven hours, nor have I. I've taken one break in the last eight or nine years. Uh, when you guys are watching the five-minute countdown clock that we put on the screen, everybody loves the countdown clock for some reason. They play NFL films, <laughs> music, or whatever underneath. When you guys are watching the countdown clock, Uncle Scott is in the restroom uh, going using the facilities one last time, and then it is get locked in and I do not leave my position for those seven hours. 
It's weird to think about, but you're this awesome guy who does so well on TV, is always prepared. You went to Syracuse, but you're also going to go down as the guy who somehow never goes to the bathroom for seven yes. plus hours. It's my <laughs> career legacy. I, for better or for worse, it'll be my career legacy to be the man on television with the most bladder integrity. So could you tell over the story of what happened that one time, one bathroom break over the history here? I've heard it. I don't know where I heard it, but it's an incredible story. And it's even more incredible that you even showed up that week. Could you, could you go over what happened that week? Yeah, I don't mean to sound overly dramatic about it, but I did take one bathroom break and I was playing hurt. Yeah. And what happened was it was in December, so it was late season, a couple of buddies of mine here in Los Angeles asked me to go skiing during the week. And I was like, guys, I, you know, I got so much preparation to do, but they twisted my arm, talked me into it. So we went to a local mountain, not too far, and just was doing some skiing. And I got stupid, tried to do a maneuver that I shouldn't have. And I wiped out and I tried to brace my fall with my hand. And my elbow went into my rib cage. It was just, you know, one of those awkward falls. Yeah. And if you're going too fast down a, a mountain, that'll happen. And I thought I broke my ribs. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And I was like, okay, I'll sleep on it and whatnot. The next two days, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday that we were skiing. The next two days, when I would take a deep breath in, my breath, I could feel, I could feel it sound gross, but I remember it. I could feel it kind of, it felt like a crinkle. Like, I know that sounds weird, but it felt like it was kind of crackly. And I'm like, oh, but I, but I felt like I could play through it, right? So Sunday comes and I changed up my, my routine. I ate more than I should have. I drank a little bit too much. I was just trying to, trying to fuel my body to get through. And I got a little overzealous. And during the show, it was, it was painful. When I, when I'm talking, you can tell how animated I am. I take deep breaths in, you know, I'm, I'm inhaling and exhaling quite a bit and right in my rib cage, it was just, Oh, so I was like bending over, like, like when you, know, you can't see me on camera, when I'm throwing from game to game, I was like bending over. I was like, oh man. And then in the late window, I felt the effects of having eaten a little too much, drank a little too much to try and get my body right. And Ryan Yunt was our producer at the time. So he's the guy in my ear the whole time. And I said, Yunty, I said, you're not going to believe this. And he was like, what, what? Thinking some amazing touchdown happened and I saw it and they didn't see it in the control room. I said, you're not going to believe this. He goes, what? I go, I got to go to the bathroom. And he goes, and I, I, he, I could hear through his microphone. It sounded like a few people in the control room were like, oh. <laughs> like, what? So I snuck away for two minutes. I don't think the audience would even know, but I ran down the hallway, did my thing, came, came back, hooked back up got back on the touchdowns and whatnot, but I tweeted out, yeah. I tweeted out. I just used the bathroom for the first time. And at that point it was like five years or whatever it was, you know, what I just said that just kind of, cause everyone's fascinated by it. It was the most liked and most retweeted tweet. I believe I've ever had. I think Twitter sent me a, a, a notification saying, congratulations, your tweet was in the top, whatever it was, you know, for the afternoon. I'm like, what? And then the coup de grace was this. Everybody knows uh, PTI, you know, Tony oh, Kornarzer and Mike Wilbon on, on ESPN. PTI, the next day, Monday, led their show 
with me going to the bathroom. Like, you know how they say, pardon the interruption, but I'm like, Will Bond, Tony, your boy Scott Hansen went to the bathroom for the first time in six years. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know, Mike, I'm Tony Kornheiser, amateur. And then he held up like a big lemonade or an iced tea jug. He's like, you got to keep this under the desk like that. It was, it was lowbrow humor, but the, it just goes to show how fascinated apparently everyone is with the fact that I don't go to the bathroom during the entire show. I mean, listen, you're big time. It's, it's going to be part of the things that follows you forever, but listen, everybody watches oh, Red Zone. Yeah. Can, all right. Can I just, I forgot one part of the story. Yeah. That night, Sunday night after the show, I went to the emergency room oh, to wow. get x-rays. I had held off going to the doctor. I had held off anything, but I was like, this is so bad. I got to get this taken care of because it could jack me up for next week. I went to the emergency room uh, in my suit and everything and <laughs> said, I got to get x-rays. They took x-rays on me and I had, I didn't have cracked ribs, but there's like a, there's like a layer in between your ribs and your lung, whatever it was. And the doctor was like, yeah, you, you, it was like a perforation or a, a damage of that. She's like, there's nothing we can do for you. Just, you got to rest it and it'll get better. And yeah, I recovered, but it, you know, learn my lesson for doing some dangerous activities on a red zone week. So you were playing injured, like a lot of different players that you were calling that week, basically. I'm no hero. I'm no <laughs> hero, but yeah, I played, I played her that week. All right. A couple more things before I wrap this up. I think 99% of fans love NFL red zone. They love Scott Hansen, but there's always that 1% that's on Twitter and they're always complaining. It's the worst. I don't get it, but I want you just to explain a little bit how much goes into what happens on Sunday, especially in that early window when there's so much, right? There's that one guy, go back to the Patriots game, whatever. Explain to them what is going on next to you in your ear and everything. Yeah. Well, to the, to the folks that are out there, here's what I've kind of learned, I think, through the years of doing the show. When I get hate tweets, mean tweets, whatever, and everybody gets them, everybody gets them. Uh, when I get them, I just want to make sure that they're – that it is people who are just being selfish or stupid or whatever. Because if they are being mean or nasty to me because of something I did, uh, meaning like a mistake, a factual error that I made, I'm not above my critics being my coaches. I'll, I'll take that feedback. And if I said, yeah, Aaron Rodgers threw 42 touchdowns last year and he really threw 43, I, that I was wrong, right? I don't think it's the worst mistake in the world, but I mean, I, I want to be 100% with everything that I say. But what I've learned is, these guys will be sitting at home and it's either their favorite team that they think I should be on and I'm never showing the Patriots or the Cowboys or whoever enough, or it's they've got money on a game and they think that's the only game that's important. And so what is Hanson doing? Not showing me the Falcons and the Saints, you know, doesn't he know if the spread is three and a half and whatever. And look at we're trying to please millions of fans not Joe Sixpack sitting at home with, with $10 on a game, you know? Um, so what, what's really going on is I'm standing in front of a wall of monitors watching all eight, nine games going on. Our control room is doing the same exact thing. And we are making value-based decisions where the values change every 40 seconds or less. I mean, cause think about it. There's how many snaps are going on a football eight football games at one time. Yeah. And if they use the full 40 second play clock, that next play, which could determine, okay, is it fourth down? Do they got a punt or, or did they just get a first down into the red zone? Th those values change constantly on where is the best place to go at any given moment? Where is the best 
game to take you to at any given moment. And we are, we're, we are juggling eight things at one time, trying to show you the absolute best to the best of our football knowledge, which is substantial on our staff. We know the game. Uh, so I understand it. If, Oh, you think we, we aren't showing your favorite team or the team that you're most interested in or whatever. I get that. But I just say, just relax. You've got to trust us because you can complain about it, but you ain't holding the remote control. We've got it. And trust me, there is no one on planet earth who wants to show you more football than uncle Scott. Trust me. They want to be TV executives. And they are. they are. Yes. That's exactly they think, what they, 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 are. think that they, they run want. NFL network and they know where All we right. should be. Before at we wrap moment. this up, I did this last time. We got to do it again. Scott, give it to me. Say it. Seven hours of commercial free football. You got to do it here. Wait, you just did a per- perfect impression right there, Ari. That was I know, exactly but it's, it's impossible to do it the way you do it. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I still have people coming up to me. I, I, I'm on Cameo where you do the like the personal yeah. shout outs for someone's birthday or anniversary as a gift. And they all want me to say seven <laughs> hours towards free football. But Ari, for you, I got Okay, wait, I need. Oh, there we go. Need to get a little little feel for it. <clears throat> Practice for September 11th, 2022, week one, the first Sunday. Ari and the whole gang, seven hours of commercial-free football start now. Let's go. I can't wait to say that for real. You're the best, Scott. We will all be hearing that in under 90 days. Make Let's sure go. to it's it's gonna be here sooner than later. I'm telling you guys, everyone, make sure to follow Scott on Twitter. It is at Scott Hansen. Scott, I appreciate your time. All the best, and we will keep in touch. Let's do it again soon. I'll see you during the season, bud. Have-